from the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. with you for a couple more hours now. Yeah. Tommy, you made it Halfway through. Halfway there. Yep, you got it. We're getting there. Uh, Peggy Kaczynski sitting in for Mark Silverman, who is on, on vacation. Holiday. Who's on, on holiday. holiday? Not really. I don't think it's holiday. He's just on vacation. Well, I mean, you could, that's what they call it. Like really? in vacation Australia, it's holiday? called, it's, yeah, you take holiday. You really? take holiday. Yes, absolutely. I thought that would be time off over the course of a holiday period. No, that's, that's too literal. Okay. Someone who never takes holiday is Courtney Cronin. No doubt. 24 7, 365 days. If there was more than 365 days in a year, she would be work again. Listen, if there was a bug or a virus out there, it would never even get close to Courtney because it would have no chance. Oh, she would be all over yes. that. And Not Courtney, me. I'm Courtney a baby. Cronin is brought to you by Purple Wave Auction. <laughs> Let's bring in our ESPN Bears insider, Courtney Cronin. Hi, Courtney. Hi guys, how are you doing? Well, Not good. Tom, Not good. Tom's struggling. He's got Peggy got us all sick here, Courtney. A couple I days had that, ago. that that whole viral thing in the throat. That Ugh, I the know. Worst. Five days. Uh, I'm finally feeling better today, but now Tom has it. And yeah, he's, thanks, Peg. You, your fingers are in your nose, Tom. Yeah, I, well, you know, just how I'm resting he's right now. He's literally, if you're watching on Twitch, just sitting, he is literally my... resting like a little kid does with his first two fingers up his nose. So just trying to find a comfort, <laughs> comforting position be? right now. <laughs> hey, I want to, I want to segue into something that, that Courtney may want to talk about, as opposed to this. Hey, we need to- Take this napkin at least. Um, I want to get your uh, your response to something that Tyler said earlier. Oh yeah, Courtney. Um, okay. We were having a conversation, and I and I was referencing something I heard on Jonathan and Cap show this morning. And Jonathan, I think, if I'm getting this right, if I heard it correctly, I didn't hear it for a long time. Jonathan was like, "Look." Shohei, as great a player as he is, is th- there's a double standard there with his w- lack of willingness to actually make himself available to the media in a manner in which he should, the way other players do. Tyler said, Hooey doesn't care. I could care less what my... And Peggy and I both said, well, I really don't care what he has to say either, but others do, and you should be held to the same standard as others. Where do you land on this? I think the frustrating thing for a lot of fans is how secretive he and his agent have been during the whole free agency process um, where he hasn't chosen a team yet and he's kept all of his meetings private with baseball executives as he's gone through this process. And for me, it's like, look, the hot stove stuff, the winter meetings in Nashville, they've been annoyingly quiet outside of, you know, the 10 p.m. Juan Soto bomb that dropped last night. Like, we all want to know where Shohei's going, and he's notoriously, like, if you think back to when he left the Angels, uh, you know, at the end of the season, end of the regular season, when he went back to Japan to get his elbow surgery, we didn't find out about that until, like, there was video of him leaving security, leaving the airport, or I guess it was arriving in Japan. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Remember that? Like, it's yeah. frustrating, because it's like, all right, what's going on with this guy? People want to know. There's multi-millions 
on the line here. And of course, in Major League Baseball versus like the Japanese media market, like there's a different way that things are handled. Um, I know that Artie Moreno has, you know, when he met, like they'll do those dugout meetings and they'll try to provide clarity the best that they can. But if the player is not willing to talk, then, you know, there's really not much that you can only like take what, you know, people in ownership, people in the front office are saying kind of at face value. So to, to that respect, I understand where Hoodie's coming, but like if he comes, if he ends up be, coming to Chicago, I think oh, yeah. all of that will be forgotten, and they will be celebrating on the Cap and Jay Hood show. It's just <laughs> of course this TikTok we're we're waiting. Like it's the first week of December. We all thought we would know by now, but it doesn't feel like there's any inclination about where he's going outside of what you're hearing you know, coming out of Vegas that the Blue Jays might have better odds than the Cubs and that the Dodgers are still up there. So I'm I'm with you guys in the same boat. I'm waiting. I hope it's here. It doesn't sound like it's that optimistic, but obviously if, if it was the case, we'd all be thrilled. Let's talk about a couple of guys who have fulfilled their media obligations, and that is Justin Fields and Luke Getze. Can I just tell you that I found what Justin Fields said yesterday so refreshing and such a a glimpse into how he is handling Great all the talk about uh, his job being at stake. Where are you going to be next year? He has five games left to prove it. You know, he he admitted that he's not immune to it. He knows it's going on, but that you know it's in God's hands. Now people can poo poo and be like, "Oh gosh, here we go." But I find it refreshing that he is like, "Listen." I am very blessed to be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He also wanted to play football at Georgia. And he thought that that was going to be the greatest decision for his football career at the time. He ends up thinking not so much, has to go mm-hmm. to Ohio State. And that ends up being great for his career. So I just got to tell you, I found him and Luke Etsy today speaking. I think it's been refreshing. They say a whole lot more than the head coach does. <laughs> And, and I'll say this, no matter where Fields is next year, like if it's not Chicago, there will be people who were decrying, man, he, you know, he's not the guy here, move on. You know, the grass isn't always greener with the type of people that you bring in. Like this is the youngest quarterback that I've covered in my career. Just for whatever reason, I've been in places where there have been veteran quarterbacks who come across very corporate and very polished. The way that Justin handles things in – it's refreshing in the sense that it's vulnerable, but not completely shielded to the point where he's acting like he doesn't hear what's going on. Yep. He knows where their draft capital is. He knows that Caleb Williams is the hot name. He knows that you know, these next five games, no matter what he does, good or bad, it might not matter because they may already have their decision made up within the Bears front office, within ownership, and whoever's making the decisions on what happens next year. And he can't control that. Like, same with Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus may coach a hell of a five games here. And if, you know, record be damned, they may already have their decision. We don't know that, obviously, which is why you have to coach the games. You have to play the games. You have to do the best that you can in those moments. But it's all about what he can control. And I, and I go back to week three. Like when he was in Kansas City, and God, that was a terrible loss, an absolute blowout, but the way that he spoke following that game was similar to the tone that he had yesterday. And I remember texting with some sources around the league who like had heard those comments. were like, did they break fields? Is, is that someone who 
you know, when he's talking about, I'm just trying to be happy in life and, you know, move, you know, you know, do what I'm doing every single day and be grateful for my position. Like at that point, it's week three and those comments came out. When you see how much further along he's come since that point through all of the ups and downs and just the maturity element, we can't forget in all of this that he's 24 years old with a perspective that trumps people that are his age and trumps people playing the position, playing any position in football that have you know, much more experience than he does. You see why his team, you know, rallies around him and why he's considered one of their leaders as well, because, I mean, this was a very mature approach to a very difficult questions or a series of questions. Courtney, I made the statement yesterday, made it again this morning that, look, I don't think any team in the National Football League fears the Bears. But I think there's a whole lot of teams that are that are really, you know, eager to play them at this point. Their defense is improving. They're number one in run defense. Their pass rush is getting better. Fields is healthy and does some things that are hard to defend against. How do you feel about this team? And how do you perceive how other teams may look at them down the stretch for the final five games? It's interesting because we, Pat and I had Glover Quinn on the podcast, the Chicago Bears podcast today, which I think it just dropped. And it was a great episode. Because, you know, he's doing his own Lions podcast now. He played for the Lions 2013 through 18, was part of those two playoff teams. So we wanted to get his perspective as we were, you know, dissecting what this team looks like, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And he had some really good comments that I thought show just like where the Lions are with this game that, yeah, I know the Bears are 4-8, and eight, but they're not a 4-8 and eight where you can just roll in and roll out of Soldier Field right. expecting that it's going to be an easy game. It rarely ever is between division opponents, but you take a look at so many of these games that they've been in this year when it comes down to a play or two at the end and, of course, that you know devastating 12-point lead that they blew in Detroit. Like, but there's also a reason why a 4-8 team has the, has the mentality and the mindset the Bears do, which just feels different than other teams around the league where – there's not the public backbiting. There's not players speaking out in frustration the way that we've seen on previous teams um, and across the league. It's happening in Washington right now. It happened in Vegas. But I, I think a lot of that continuity that this team is like, you know, really tried to keep together is, is it's a reflection on Matt Eberflus, whether you think he's a good coach or not. The defense is improving the group has stayed together. No one's given up on each other. And when you face a team like that, that has nothing to lose here, by and large, the final five games of the season, that can be a very dangerous opponent. And that's why I don't think anybody takes them lightly despite what their record is. That's my point is is that, look, I'm not trying to prop them up and tell you that they're – they're going to wreck anybody's season. I'm just telling you that like this team has stayed together, as you described. They do some interesting stuff, and they've improved on defense. And, you know, I, I think that it's that they're a better team than their record suggests at this point. And, again, I'm not trying to elevate them to some place where they don't deserve to be, but they seem to be a little bit more feisty than the 4-8 and eight record would tell you. And I agree with that. I had a conversation with Jalen Johnson about this yesterday because – you know, we're at week 14, and for a losing team, sometimes you're, you're looking at big-picture topics. And I felt like Matt Eberflus's press conference yesterday was, was, it was basically hitting on all of the big points of the season about patience, about, you know, long-term vision, but also, you know, the, the security that, this, that he has as a, as a head coach here and, you know, not knowing what lies beyond these five games. And, and I went and talked with Jalen about just 
how that idea of patience that Eberflus has been preaching is one that, you know, they've had to preach that for two years. And I thought his answer was really interesting that for, you know, as a player, you don't want to hear you're close, you're close. Like you're, as a competitor, you want to go out there. You want to be able to show that you have the talent and they know they're a talented locker room and, and that eventually it's going to pay off. You just have to start seeing it pay off in order to believe in it. And when when they started to get those takeaways, like I know that there's no real exact science to it, and there is something more, though, than they come in bunches. Obviously, it's the angle in which you're coming at uh, you know, an offensive player when you're trying to break up a pass and playing leverage. Like All of those things are why they've started to get these takeaways in seven interceptions in the last two games. All of that said, that's momentum. That's something. It's like, all right, well, this is working. This is what we can hang our hat on in this Detroit game and hope that the outcome's different this time around, playing at home, knowing where they went wrong and not scoring off of those turnovers that they had in week 12 like, or week 11. Like, there's, there's a lot there for them to build on where, unlike at this point last year, where it was just a race to get to week 18 to start building towards 2023, like, they now have – Things like guys have things to play for, contracts to play for, decisions about whether they'll be on the roster or not next year. And it's why these five games are not just like throwaway games for a team that's very likely uh, going to be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at some point soon. But there still is a lot to play for. And again, I think that, that shows you they might not be the most feared team, but there's not a team that you can just take lightly and expect that that's going to be an easy win on your calendar. I was uh, surprised to see coming off a bye week that Yannick Ngakwe was on the injury report and was limited in practice. What happened? So, yeah, I saw that today, and it's interesting because he wasn't on the injury report yesterday. Yeah. There's, two new, there's two new additions today with Equinemius St. Brown, who has a pectoral injury, and Yannick Ngakwe, who I believe it's a knee injury for him. So he was limited on on Thursday. That's one to monitor because we know how much trouble the Lions had up front on that Green Bay game on Thanksgiving Day where they just could not protect. Um, and there was some changes made uh, to at least with the, the, to how they were protecting against the Saints in a, in a loud environment last week. And now they go on the road again, a team trying to get its 10th win of the season. Like you need all your horses up front in order for this pass rush to continue the progress that it's made. I mean, they really have. If you look through the numbers, and I've got a story coming out um, on Saturday at ESPN.com, like a deep dive into the improvement. Like there really has been not just marginal, but significant improvement because of what they're able to do with their pass rush up front, the stunts that they're able to call, the the change in personnel, the you know even their blitz rate, um, and how they've been getting creative and utilizing those, but also being able to get pressure with their front four. If you take Unique and Gakwe out of that mix, it might you know it might stu- it might, for lack of a better term, stunt the growth up front at least for this game. But he's limited today. There's one more, there, you know, three more days before the game. So hopefully. You know, tomorrow for their sake, he'll be able to, to at least get closer uh, to, you know, at worst being questionable for Sunday. Uh, Courtney, this team has struggled offensively to get the ball in the end zone. I believe in the last five games, they've scored six offensive touchdowns. They haven't had a three touchdown performance from their offense, I believe, since the Raiders game six weeks ago. Uh, they've been given gifts. They were given eight mm-hmm. different gifts over the last two weeks and and many of those gifts landed in, in positive, you know, field position situations. 
and yet they only scored two touchdowns. It's really remarkable how infrequently they haven't gotten into into the end zone. Is that something that you expect to change, especially against a Lions defense that really hasn't played well? Yeah, and that defense is regressing. Like it's pretty obvious mm-hmm. that you know they don't have the horses to run what Aaron Glenn wants to, and that's made even worse when one of their best pass rushers, Aleem McNeil, went on injured reserve this week. Like Aiden Hutchinson is getting pressure on quarterbacks, but he's not getting the sacks and not finishing, um, you know, the way that he did in his rookie season. So this is an opportunity now for this offense when. You know, if and when those gifts are given to them, whether, you know, Matty Berflus talked about those sudden change moments. So that could be the turnovers, that they're gifted those extra possessions. That could even be a turnover on downs if the defense is able to get a stop. Big, big returns off kickoff and, and punt return. They've got to be able to turn those into, into touchdowns more than just, you know, a field goal. And I know that they've, they've, they did that. I pointed out a couple examples of those big explosives that Eberflus talked about wanting more of. And, how they failed the last couple of times to capitalize off that. You I mean, you go back to Detroit when the wheels were starting to come off in the fourth quarter was right around the time that Justin Fields scrambled for 29 yards. And then they have a couple run plays and they settle for a field goal. That's their last points of the game. Um, Cole Komet, the 24 yard reception that he had in the first quarter at the end of the first quarter in Minnesota, that drive ends in a field goal. Like you've got to be able to, to turn those opportunities into reaching the end zone. Otherwise, you're just not going to be able to keep pace. And I think that that's one thing they realized that it certainly showed up in the Lions game, showed up in the Vikings game, and now they've had more than a week with the bye to be able to dissect that and figure out what you can do against a defense that's 24th in turnovers right now and and, and struggling to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks. All five of the Bears' remaining games are outdoors, and I was looking on um, X, and Jared Goff in Detroit was – asked no less than 20 times about the weather going into uh, Sunday's game against the Bears. He certainly plays better in a controlled environment. Yes. I mean, he's from Marin County. Right. I would hate it, too. Like, he doesn't like being cold. He played, you know, the first part of his career in California, and, you know, he's played in a dome. So that's I know that that seems like a small thing, but I don't actually think it is for, for golf because we know his numbers. A, when under pressure, B, when playing like in weather conditions that are less than, um, less than I guess, like acceptable. Balmy. For, for, <laughs> yeah, balmy. Um, it's supposed to be windy, too. So I think that absolutely could be something they play to their advantage. And, and they worked on that in, uh, in Lions practice, apparently worked a lot. What they do, make him wear a T-shirt underneath his, his pads no, 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 instead no, no, of a no. long sleeve shirt? With the wind and the weather oh. and all the turnovers, the interceptions recently. So apparently that was a big part of their practice today. It should be. And, because and apparently it's, that yeah. their reporters are allowed to report on that stuff and watch all that and uh, show video, too, which was very interesting, actually. You're not allowed to do that. No, no, no. Courtney could go off on a whole dissertation about what they are allowed and not allowed to do. Right, Courtney? Courtney, do you have a good feel for where you think some of these big decisions are headed at the end of the season? Or you truly believe that a lot of it can be swayed by what we see over the next five weeks? It's hard to say. Um, I have a feel for who's making the decisions, how the information's being gathered at this point. But, you know, as far as Matt Eberflus, like, let's take his like his situation as a coach um you know there's the idea if they win how many more games that means his job is safe 
I, I think so much of this is out of the control of Fields and of Eberflus of what happens these final five games. If they go 5-0 and oh, and they move on from both of them at the end of the offseason or at the beginning of the offseason, I wouldn't be surprised because there's a lot that's out of the control of just like the entire – like it's separate from what this season is because right. of this draft capital they're sitting on, because of mm. the direction they're trying to take the franchise that's unlike any other year – where it's not reinventing the wheel and trying to, you know, do the same things they've done. And, and that's something. I had a conversation with Tony Dungy about this um, as it pertains to Matt Eberflus. Like, it's a different era in the NFL today where someone like Frank Reich, and we know that all of the backbiting that was going on, um, and, you know, it's kind of a toxic situation, it sounded like, in Carolina – but as a head coach, they might pull the plug on you after 11 games. That's what this culture is in the NFL. And you saw it in Houston. Four coaches in the matter of, of three seasons go through the door, and it looks like they finally have it right with D'Amico Ryans. But the Bears are going to have to determine, record aside for the last two seasons, do we feel like we're turning the page? Like, Are we on the cusp of something that we're willing to see through, kind of like what Cincinnati did. Those were not great years under Zach Taylor before they got Joe Burrow and when he was just getting started after, um, you know, they fire Marvin Harrison and, and um, sorry, Marvin Lewis, and then they move on and then they bring in Zach Taylor. But they rode that out and they rode it to a Super Bowl not long into his tenure. I'm not saying that if it was one more year, Matt Eberflus, this team is going to be in the Super Bowl, but that's something the decision makers are going to have to consider in all of this because starting over doesn't guarantee that everything's going to be smooth sailing in 2024. Starting over often means you're going to be incurring some of the lumps that you did the last two years, but you're just willing to go a different direction and, and give the time to that part of, of, I guess, like the next chapter. And, and that's something that is going to be weighed heavily compared to where they are right now and where they hope they're going to be a year and a year or two from now. For all the latest news on the Bears, make sure that you tune in to Courtney's reports, not only here, but also on NFL Nation on ESPN.com as well. Courtney, thank you as always for your time, and thank you for everything that you have done for us. Thanks, Courtney. Well, of course. Tommy, I hope you feel better. Thank Get you. Get a Breathe Right strip. Those, I are, pre- those are like... Yeah. world beaters. Those are my absolute favorite really? when I'm sick. I do have some of those at the oh. house. They may, they may be from about a decade ago, but I've kept them. <laughs> They still work, you right? There's, so they medi- there's no medication just on them, right? Just walk around the house wearing them. Just go put scratch tape on your nose. That's I mean, true. like, it's probably the same thing. Do you know what I what I think uh, Jerry Rice used to wear it? I used to wear it because I thought if Jerry Rice can wear it, I can wear it. And then maybe I'd be like Jerry Rice, and it really didn't work in that manner. But I did breathe a little bit more clearly. Right, you just didn't run I any didn't faster. I didn't run it faster. My routes were no good. <laughs> but thank you, Courtney. Courtney, thank, thank you. Guys. You can uh, tune in to Courtney's reports on the pregame show coming up Sunday morning starting at 10 a.m. And then, of course, we have the call of the game with Jeff and Tom and Jason McKee working the sidelines. Postgame with Yurko and me as well, followed by the post-postgame show. There's also a pre-pregame show as well. So we are your home for the Bears. We've got the latest and the greatest. And um, I think Tyler's going to be involved in the coverage this weekend, aren't yeah, you, Tyler? Yeah, for uh, Miller. There you go. Tomorrow or uh, Sunday. Oh! On the pre-pregame show? The post-post-game show. Post-post-game show. Yeah. I can't keep track anymore. Who's doing which shows? On the post-post-game show. Yeah. Well, you're at 12 o'clock start.
That's that's a yeah, nice reprieve. You won't reprieve. be working until 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice reprieve. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's can we listen to some of the holiday parody songs when we come back? Tomorrow is our deadline for the holiday parody songs. So if you were thinking about it and had a little ditty in your head that you were tossing around. I said ditty. Uh, Then please go ahead and record it because entries are going to close tomorrow. Send your entry to ESPNParody.com. Submit your songs. Grand prize, a year's worth of groceries from Jewel Osco. An American sale gift card and a pair of Tito's Platinum Passes to Country Thunder. Deadline tomorrow, 6 o'clock. We will crown the winner at the Waddle and Sylvie Holiday Party on December 15th at Bub City in Rosemont. It is all presented by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey and brought to you by Jewel Osco, American Sale, 19 Crimes Wine, and Country Thunder. We have holiday parody songs coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Well, Tommy Waddle's back. Mark Silverman is not. I'm Peggy Kaczynski filling He'll in for Sylvie. He'll be back for the, uh, back. For the pregame. I think he's coming back to work for the... He would uh, not miss the pregame. Of course he would not. No, he will be here. He's very dedicated. Yeah, maybe he'll bring us some of the food that they get, that the pregame show gets. Uh, I've heard there's a bit of a, const- a uh, consternation that exists. A, it's little a little bit, bit of, of a... feelings of left out yeah. from the hardworking postgame show. Yeah. That, you know... Are that... you expecting him to bring food? No. It's not going to happen. Like with Johnny, does Johnny bring food for people? Actually, John does not. Johnny's a very, very generous man. Yurko is very generous. So I think if I someone think, offered, I don't think it's about. Yes, if somebody would be would willing to run, it. yes, he would pay. He is not about the thought of you know what I think I'm going to yes. to bring like I brought beef sandwiches one week for you the whole fly, crew. He buys. And you know I think that that's what I think Yurko would do that for sure. No question. Yeah, that like. That's not. He's bought me coffee before. He's very generous. He's so. just not willing to to traverse the streets of Chicago to go find the food. Exactly. He's willing to pay for it. Right. We would like for it to come to us. That would be nice. Well, that's a bit presumptuous. We've had a lot of late nights. You guys have like this for a team that has been so yeah. bad. Considering you know what has transpired. I guess because, you you know, this team is very popular across the country and we live in the third largest market. I can understand why we've had all of these night games, Mondays, Thursdays, whatever the Sundays, whatever the case may be. But you guys have you have worked a uh, a graveyard shift a time or two. Mm, a few. Yeah. A few. Hey, let me remind you as well that uh, Would You Rather is coming up. Please make sure you hashtag WS Would You Rather and send it to us so that we can get it in um, our next segment when we do Would You Rather, brought to you by the Pride Stores. How do they send Do they send that to you, Tyler? You and just the tweet Chuck it, yeah. You, you just all tweet it. The, all you need is the hashtag. hashtag. If you want to tweet it at myself or Charlie, yeah, sh- send you it can. to the Chuck Wagon. What is the Chuck Wagon's uh, Twitter handle? It is at CRBevins11. C.R. Bevins 11. 11. What's the 11 stand for? That was my number in high school. That's oh. right. Charlie was a wide oh. receiver in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Really? That's what I said. I thought he, you know, he's got good size. I thought maybe defensive end, maybe I tight end. Yeah. Offensive tackle. A receiver and linebacker. I would have, a linebacker, I could see linebacker. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. Slot receiver, he is not. He says he's 15 pounds overweight. You can't play the slot. Well, that's at, not at how you put it in our, our pre-show what did I say? meeting. You were not kind in the words, the way you described Charlie's. I don't Charlie's believe that's the case. Slight increase in girth. I just, I just said to Charlie the break before. I said, Charlie, I don't think you need to lose any weight. I think you look spectacular right no, now. No, that's not what you said in the pre-show I, meeting. Well, I did when I walked Charlie, in there. Charlie, what did he say to you that was so? I gotta be honest. I don't totally remember I don't what. Either. But it's it's. What did I say? It's to I went over the middle too many times. Yeah. Both of you. <laughs> It's nothing worse than anything I haven't already said to myself. Oh, you're beating yourself up over it? I didn't say, like, what? Put a bra on, kid. You got man boobs. <laughs> what did I say? I, I genuinely don't remember. I don't either. I don't think it was that bad. No, I was, I I guess, was encouraging I, you guys him. Are, are, guys are guys. You guys will say stuff like that. And if you ever said it to a woman, we'd be, like, I'd crawl underneath the table. And, we would not say that. Like when Danny pointed out, oh, what are you doing drinking those... Drinks from Starbucks that have, you know, mocha, frappuccino, whatever. And I said, hey, I go, don't lay off me. I've lost, you know, I lost 18 pounds since the summer. I'm like, lay yes. off. Yeah. You know, and it's you like, do you, as they say. That's right. You do, you do your life the way you want to do your life. Can we listen to some of the songs? Please, this is my yes. favorite. It is great, isn't I, it? And I, when I would listen to Waddle and Sylvie in the car, I would Which stay in the car. No, I would stay in the car no matter if I even got to my destination. I would stay just to listen if I knew the songs were coming up. And I have heard none of the songs except for today, the Carmen DeFalco song. Because you haven't been listening. Well, because I didn't know when they were on. Like, I feel like you Through guys need to... I know, but I feel... Well, not everyone listens for four hours, Tom. You well, know then that. Gonna, then you're going to miss out on What's the average length of a listener tuning in? Uh, not- I'm not sure. <laughs> you tell me. I'm just saying. <laughs> the average length of a listener, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's not my department. It's not. I'm not interested. That's how you end up in jail. That's how you end up in jail is exactly right, Tyler. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, my God. You've had some doozies today. You really have. I, did I not think mean it's that. I think it's ten minutes, right? Fifteen minutes. It's it's typically like a twelve minute, right? That yeah. people are are listening. So I, for one, would like to hear some of the songs. All right, Tyler's in charge. What of- do we got? All right, you want a new one? This is uh, again. You've got until tomorrow, right? Yes, you have till tomorrow, tomorrow. End of show. This is from Thomas Kasha to the tune of Holly Jolly Christmas, Holly Jolly Piss and Catch Miss. We want to play you one of your touchdown calls, and we want you to know if anything sticks out to you. Oh, no. Touchdown Bears! And they're back in front here in the Big Easy. And that was an easy piss and catch. Have a holly jolly pissmas. Play some piss and catch this year. Wash your hands. Don't touch the fans. Please do not come near. Have a holly jolly pissmas. And when Joniak's on the throne, say hello to Tom Thayer and don't forget your phone. Justin can throw a piss missile where DJ Moore will be. Moses Salu likes pee, not poo. Pee on his hands for me. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And in case you didn't hear, eat some hot dogs smothered in underwear for Christmas this year. Is that where you going, Tinkle? 
What was that last name? JJ? Somebody going tinkle. Somebody Somebody going going tinkle? tinkle. Mm -hmm. That was good. I will say the day that you guys asked Jeff about that, I had to hear that clip three times before I could actually understand why it was so funny. Right. And we we didn't let him know what we had heard. When we and heard he's this. Now, JJ can be. He was so. A little. Like, he doesn't like being set up blind. Yes. But he was so accommodative with. His, listen, we were afraid that he may get mad at us. He laughed from the moment he heard it. For the next 10 minutes. It is so great hearing JJ be yes. himself. Yes. We've had a blast with him and Tom. Because for those of us who have worked with Jeff at Hellas Hall covering the Bears, you know, he's a very focused, serious, uh, guy. serious guy. Yeah. And we all, we know he's got that side to him. We've been out to dinner together. He wears $400 pair of loafers up there every now and again, too. I heard about that. Yeah. And that was an easy pitch Piss and catch. When I he heard it. that, he didn't know what we were getting at, and he, he laughed so hard. It was very funny. It's It's been great to hear him let loose like that. It's It's been a lot of fun. That is a fabulous drop. It's not quite as ear-shocking as Matt Nagy singing the seventh-inning stretch up at, up at Wrigley. Do you remember that one? No. You don't remember that? I don't think so. It was so. famous. Charlie, do you have access to that? I'm I, looking for it. I don't think... I don't you've think... You've never heard... You've... Me some penis and cracker jack. You've never heard that? No. You've never heard that? Is some no. of those famous sound bites of the last five years. Oh, my gosh. Play it again, Charlie. Me some penis and cracker jack. <laughs> no, coach, I'm not going to do that for you. I think I could get arrested for that. A few blocks away, though. I don't know. I don't <laughs> but... But oh but Joni Ag with a piss and catch. That's and that was an easy piss and catch. Awesome. I Fabulous. love it. I love it. What love else it. you got, Tyler? All right, you want one of the, the leaders now? Yes. Yeah. Let's do uh, Jason Holsworth, who also wrote the Carmen with the Realtor song. Oh, we got to play that one again, too. That we one. can do that. But here, we, we'll play them back to back here. This is his first entry. This is Cappy, Please Stop Filming in the Locker Room. <laughs> You know, they changed the rule at East Bank. No more cell phones because Cap was taking videos in the locker room. Again? I mean, you know, what is he thinking? Guys are like, hey, not for nothing here. Yeah. But, dude, this is a private This area. is a locker room. You better watch out. I hope you're not shy. Because you're being filmed by some bald-headed guy. Cappy loves to live stream in the locker room. He always works hard. He loves to break news. Even when surrounded by a bunch of naked dudes. Cappy. Filming in the locker room. He sees you when you're showering. He knows when you're naked. Hey, Cap, take a break. Go out to dinner. But put down that damn iPad. Oh, what's the big deal? What could go wrong? Have you ever heard of little Kyle Long? Cappy, please stop filming in the locker room. It's very good. Oh well done. My. He had a couple of notes. A couple of good notes there. That last one was the best. Yeah. Very oh good. my gosh. Did that really happen? Did did they shut yeah. down? Uh it, well yeah, I think Using Kat was in there. Was Kat- he used to film a lot of like self videos yeah. in the, in locker, the room. locker room? <laughs> like we didn't we never shot stand ups in the locker room. 
Well, this was on his own. Like with his, you so know, the, doing like his East recap. Bank club. Yeah, the East Bank Club. Oh, I thought you meant it was happening in the Bears locker room. Oh, no, 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 Yeah, no, because no, there no. have been, if you, if you want, you want some fun, you need to spend some time with one of the television cameramen and all the clips where they have to watch, like, especially after games is the most important time. To make sure there's no nudity yes. that, that gets on the air? Yes. Because it happens. All of a sudden, so you're you so tell, focused you- looking at the person talking that what happens is someone walks behind them out of the shower to their stall, which may be in the back of the locker room. And you're not thinking. And all of a sudden, you look at the video afterwards. So you tell me there's like, a highlight Whoops. nudie reel? Oh, there's there's by there's definitely. Highlight nudie yeah. reels. I have one. I mean, I don't well, have one. Me, I bet you do. No, I no. don't. What's the next one? All right, this is from John Rand to the tune of Silent Night, Screamo Christmas. What? $800 toes. Jeff plays it cool, but Tom Thayer knows. I've seen more sex than a urologist. Thayer and Joniak are so classy to put up with our radio jackassery. Very piss and catch, Miss Fellas. Very good. I like that. <laughs> and that was an easy piss and catch. That's so good. Those are good. Anything else before we go to break? You want a quick Trey Tunes? Sure. Oh, have you heard Trey Tunes? No. Is this a new one or the old no, one? No, this is the old one. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. Fecal Transplant? The you ever heard of the Fecal Transplant? transplant? Have you heard of that? I don't think so. <clears throat> Do you know the story? I don't know. Set it up. Um, so, there, go ahead, Tyler. The, it's based off of a Waddles World story where Shocking. someone. Oh, this was recent. Yes. The, fecal, yes. the woman. Okay. And then a woman called in and yes. said, wait, yes. this you is actually it. true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yep. I was listening. Yes. So, this is from Trey Tunes, Fecal pre- uh, Transplant to the tune of Frosty the Snowman. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Transplant the poopy on Waddles World, he said. No, that's, that's, the not, wrong one. that's not Trey. Yeah. That's not Trey. Trey wouldn't do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's your boy Trey Tools. And I'm in the building once again. It feels so good to be back. A fecal transplant is something that is real. Who would have ever knew that a piece of poo could improve the way you feel? When Sylvie heard this, he did not think it was true. Guess you can say he was a septic skeptic, and I was one too. There must have been some microorganisms in that donor's poo they found. When they placed it in Marjorie's GI tract, it turned her life around. Now Sylvie is a believer. Fecal transplants are legit. If the doctors can't help you get better, then try a pizza. So if you are hurting, then give this a look. 
I sure wish we could give this to the Chicago Bears playbook. Oh my gosh, good, that isn't it? Good. That was really good. I haven't seen or heard from Trey for a while, so I'm glad that he's back in action. Oh, really funny. All right, we've got to win. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Don't forget, you can get your holiday parody song in. Go to ESPNParody.com to submit your songs. Grand prize is a year's worth of groceries from Jewel Osco, an American Sale gift card, and a pair of Tito's Platinum Passes to Country Thunder. Deadline, 6 o'clock. Tomorrow, end of show, Waddle and Sylvie. The winner will be crowned at the Waddle and Sylvie Holiday Party, December 15th, at Bub City and Rosemont, all presented by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, also brought to you by Jewel Osco, American Sale, 19 Crimes Wine, and Country Thunder. Let's take a break. When we come back, what do we have coming up? Uh, when, a little Would, oh, you, would rather? you Rather. And then at the top of the hour, we'll get to Aki's A-List. Got it. Or as you like to call it, Aki's A-List. A-List. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Eh, it happens. Waddle and Sylvie, we'll be right back. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Hey, this is Coach Mike Dick. Greg Olson here. This is Stacy King. Hey, this is D Rose. What up? This is Luda Chris. Hello, this is Dick Enberg. Would you like to play a little? Would you rather? Oh, my. All right, strap it on. Here we go. Would you rather? Brought to you by the Pride Stores. Best strap question. it on or strap it up? Strap it on. Okay. Put your seatbelt on. Okay. Get ready for this one. Would you rather is brought to you by the Pride Stores. Best question using the hashtag WSW. Would you rather wins a gift card to the Pride Stores. All right, what do we got? All right, this is from David. He wants to know, would you rather have to drink from Peggy's spit bucket or... <laughs> Have corn beef birds some bourbon into your mouth. I'm out. I'm out. Ah! What was the or? It was or have Carmen baby bird some bourbon into your mouth. I'll go with that one. I'll go with the spit bucket. (laughs) Because I know what's in it. I'm going to throw up. Well, now you know why. (laughs) It's a spit bucket. Now you know why you're sick. I'm sick from hanging out with you this week. <laughs> I don't think it's just, I don't think it's physical as well. I don't think it's limited to just physical. Oh, I'm okay. not, you know what? I'm going to have to call my mom and dad and describe what happened this week. I'm not sure I'm going to be allowed to play with you any longer. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be allowed to hang Would out I with you. Would I be off longer. the list? Like, you cannot play with that Peggy Kaczynski. And, and my parents really don't give a rat's ass about much. Yeah. We only had, there was only one time growing up where there, we don't want you playing with them anymore, with her anymore. Really? Yeah. Why? What'd you do? Because, uh, you no, get in a fight? No, it's really, this is how, this was back in the Were 70s. Were you drinking? No. Smoking? No. Well, they, like, she did have parties. And it was where the makeouts and the drinking happened. So, um, but I think she said, my mom phrased it, um, and let me just preface this by saying, my mom is deceased. She's passed away. Uh, very good Catholic woman. Uh, she didn't like it that the, um, they were divorced. And she felt that because the mom had to work, there was no one home watching the kids. And that okay. was it was true that there was no one home and we did take advantage and we had parties there. So, yeah, that was it. I threw a party at my buddy Phil Vogel's house when he was out of town because I had his keys. 
Yes. I, it's the thing I'm probably most shame-ridden That's about. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he's my best friend on the planet. When did his parents find that out? Oh, very quickly, because the cops came. Oh, my God. As soon as they came home. Oh, yeah. Was he no longer allowed to hang out with you? Oh, no. Our bond is forever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just, it was chastised. Me and the other hooligans had to sit with our parents in their family room while John and Betty Vogel read us the riot act. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, I mean, there was no real damage. We had to clean some stuff up. But yeah. Was we there... got a stern talking to from everyone. The family room so. that no one ever actually sits in? Exactly. Yeah. Did it, it still have room. plastic on the, uh, on they the uh, plastic, no. couch, sofas, whatever No, they but called. it was like... I mean, I still, I'm 56 years old, almost 57 years old. I still feel shame about that one. Uh, I think we all got something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you get on the couch there and uh, we'll take a break. When we okay. come back, Aki's A-list. Oh. We got yeah. it's so much more fun. More fun for everyone. And the A stands for anger. Yeah. No, he's he's a little bit better today. But he is definitely an Otani apologist. I mean, definitely. Let's take a break. Waddle and Sylvie.